everyone. You're listening to the 107 podcast where we get together every fortnight and sometimes more often to talk about technology, business, and the humans in it. I'm your host, Ivan Stegich. If you've been following 107, you'll know that we've been working quite diligently on open sourcing all of the work we've done to host our clients' websites. That includes not only the underlying infrastructure code and configuration, but the automation and local development work we've been doing as well. Tess Flynn has spoken at Drupal camps across the nation about hosting Drupal on Kubernetes, and we continue to support and grow FlightDeck, our Docker containers that make all of this possible, even in live. For a more in-depth discussion about Drupal, Docker, Kubernetes, and hosting it all yourself, have a listen to episode 79 of the podcast. We go into all the gory details. One of the very important ingredients in making our sites successful is the underlying cloud infrastructure. We need a strong hosting partner with values that match our own, that's well-priced, and also supports the little guy. We chose DigitalOcean for a variety of reasons, some of which I hope will become apparent from today's show. Joining me for the podcast is Tim Dearlove, a Senior Growth Marketing Manager at DigitalOcean in New York City. Hey, Tim. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Yvonne. Thanks for having me. You are in New York City, right? You're not in Boston, because I know you guys are kind of scattered all over the East Coast. So a funny story, I'm in New York State, but actually in Buffalo, New York. I am one of our uh, many remote employees. I, uh, I just recently moved from Boston back to Buffalo, where I'm from originally. So you're very close to the Canadian border then? Yes, I grew up uh, always within uh, just a couple, couple minutes drive of the, of the border. So do they pick on you to go out to the Toronto data center to check if things are going well? <laughs> no, no, but we have a, f- a couple of folks who who, uh, who work in the in the Toronto area. They don't uh, they don't pick on me. Fortunately, I think they they pick on folks a little bit closer to the Toronto area. I love the Buffalo area. It's so great. It's uh, it's actually kind of similar to Minneapolis when you think about it. A little bigger, but um, you know they have the same kind of climate as we do have here. I think there's some Midwestern uh, vibes and Midwestern uh, brotherhood that comes with it if you've, if you've grown up in this weather. I think you're right. I think you're totally right. So uh, before we talk about DigitalOcean and how you guys are a values-driven organization, I want to talk a little bit about your role at DigitalOcean. So your title is Senior Growth Marketing Manager. What does that even mean? It's funny. You, it, it sounds a little silly when you read it out loud. Uh, and uh, the word growth, I think, means a lot of different things these days. Uh, ultimately, I am responsible for growing DigitalOcean. Uh, and my, my area is, is focusing on growing our presence and usage with small to medium-sized businesses. And the way that I'm tasked with doing that is growing our uh, channel program, which is, our, which is called our Solutions Partner Program. Uh, so ultimately, I'm responsible for the acquisition and enablement of small businesses that are using our platform. And uh, again, my focus is more on uh, agencies and resellers and managed service providers who are small businesses themselves, but also are usually working with small businesses. Uh, and uh, I do a bunch of different marketing-related activities. Uh, the thing when you have growth in your title, it gives you a little bit of flexibilities uh, in terms of your, your day-to-day. 
but uh, generally that's that's what I'm focused on. It's it's acquiring new businesses and making sure people know who DigitalOcean is. And then once they're in our ecosystem, once they're using our platform, a lot of my job is trying to figure out how to make them successful as well. So that makes a lot of sense why we know each other. You're you're the guy I talk to at DigitalOcean if I ever need anything. You're the guy I started talking to. I mean, this is starting to make sense to me now. Well, I think one of the things that we pride ourselves on at DigitalOcean, well, I think we'll get into this a little bit down the line, is we try our best to make ourselves as transparent and open as possible. And one of the things that I've learned in my career is that you can go a long way uh, and you can learn a lot if you just talk to our customers. So one of the things we've really tried to do over the last couple of years is, is talk to our customers. So I happen to be in the marketing uh, department, but over every department that I've interacted with at DigitalOcean, we try to do our best to to talk to our customers. So you were either lucky or unlucky enough to, to find me <laughs> and sort of get part of, of my day-to-day. -day. But in general, at, at DO, we're very committed to try to talk to our customers as much as possible. I, I love that about you and about the company um, and all the experience I've had with DigitalOcean. Let me ask you about where you were at before DigitalOcean and what attracted you to um, the company itself. Uh, I understand you were at HubSpot, a similar role. Why the change? Yeah, I was at I was at a company called HubSpot uh, before joining DigitalOcean. Uh, so when I joined HubSpot, they had around 300 employees. Uh, at this point, um, HubSpot has over, uh, I think the last time I looked, they were getting close to 10,000 employees uh, globally. Uh, they're getting to be really large. Uh, we use them as well. And I was surprised when I heard how large they were. It's an incredible growth story and a fantastic company. I, I loved working there. I uh, still have quite a few uh, close friends uh, that work for the company and... Uh, the reason I left was so I'd gone, I, I'd started when they were not a startup, but certainly a, a smaller company. And when I left, they had around 1,500 employees. And I had started in their channel program, which is really hyper focused on working with agencies and service companies. Mm -hmm. And I had done everything from uh, onboarding agencies to working on their own marketing campaigns, then working on uh, growth and marketing for HubSpot. And at that point, the channel program for HubSpot was. A well-oiled machine. It was uh, at that point. It made up forty percent of HubSpot's revenue. Wow! It was a really large program. We had thousands of agencies that were part of our channel program, and uh, you know, no work is ever finished. But it really felt like the the channel program at that point was in a really really good spot. And I had started a conversation with several folks at DigitalOcean. And at that point, they did not have a channel program. They had a bunch of agencies and service providers and managed service providers who were using DigitalOcean. They knew that, but they didn't really have a plan or any type of process to work with those types of companies, whether to acquire more of them or to make sure that those companies stuck with DigitalOcean and kept using it. So what attracted me to DigitalOcean was the chance to build something from the ground up which we've started to do with the Solutions Partner Program and then some other activities uh, to hopefully make DigitalOcean um, the best cloud infrastructure for small businesses and specifically service providers that are looking for cloud infrastructure. So before I get on to asking about the values of the company, I kind of want to just talk about the solutions uh, program that you just mentioned that I think we're a part of. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that program and what it does for DigitalOcean, but also what does it do for the partners that are a part of that program? 
The Solutions Partner Program, uh, I, you'll find me using the word channel. I, I don't love the word channel because I think sometimes when I'm talking, especially to smaller companies, the idea of a, a channel program conjures images of, of these really large ISV and uh, reseller programs. And that's not what we're trying to do. But uh, for clarity, our solutions partner program is a channel program in that uh, we're looking to work with folks that are on the front lines that have clients or customers that are looking to uh, resell or provide their clients with DigitalOcean. And the program is really all about figuring out how we can empower them and make them more successful and make their experience using DigitalOcean as positive as can possibly be. Uh, the program launched last year. It's brand new. We're still trying to really figure out the types of things that we need to do and the benefits that we need to package together to make these types of companies as successful as possible. But starting right now, we have a couple different things that we do that uh, I think you've taken advantage of and other partners have taken advantage of. At this point, we have around uh, 900 total partners in the in the program. Mm. Uh, so we have a, a host of benefits. We have uh, a community, uh, and we'll get into values, but community is a big value of ours. So we have a, a Slack community for all of our partners where every week we have product managers come on and answer questions from our partners and try to give a little bit of insight into both why things are built the way they are or what's on the roadmap. So we have a lot of transparency and we try to create a lot of transparency between our partners and the folks that are actually building the product. Uh, there are financial benefits of joining the program, depending on on your spend level. Um, so I think we're really attractive in terms of our cost already, but we try to make it even more efficient. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it, but you do. <laughs> Well, that's a whole nother topic. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I, th I think that is definitely part of our core mission, right, is, is uh, everything that you're building on top of us, we want to try to make it, um, uh, we want to lower the barrier as much as possible. And, and, and price is, is part of that. It's not the only thing. Mm. Uh, and in many ways, it can sometimes be a race to the bottom. But in general, you know, the way you empower small businesses, the way you empower startups is um, you try to remove costs as much as possible uh, from the equation. Um, and there, there are other benefits to the program uh, as well, uh, uh, including exclusive content that we're trying to create for our partners. Uh, we're working on some changes to the experience of actually managing uh, clients or customers within DigitalOcean, try to make that a little bit easier. Um, so, and a host of other benefits that we're working on as well, including event and, and meetup support, um, all different kinds of things. And we're trying to listen to the community and, and learn from them and, and build things that, that they would want. But um, the, you know, the, the short story there is really, it's about empowering those uh, service providers and companies that have clients and customers using DigitalOcean and try to make them as successful as possible. I have to admit the uh, first experience we had with DigitalOcean was with the beta testing of the managed Kubernetes service that you had, uh, that you have, that's no longer in beta, that we've been using in production for the longest time. And the way that DigitalOcean listened to us and worked with us, the way you guys just tried to collaborate with us was amazing. Like to have a vendor that actually is able to provide a service that we know that it's in beta and to be able to listen to our feedback and answer our questions, that was great. Like that was, um, I think as soon as we were able to see that the, there were humans on the other side of this, this was even better than the very simple pricing that we absolutely loved on the website that kind of got us hooked. So, you know, it's not, it's not like, like AWS or Google Cloud, where you're not sure about the first month and then you get the bill. It's like, oh, it's going to cost $5 a month and that's it. And that's, you know, I think that's 
that's amazing. I should take a recording of that and use that as a testimonial because that that is really what we're we're trying to do. It's it's that combination of um, low pricing but predictable pricing. So mm-hmm. pricing, even if it's low, if it's unpredictable, if you can't if you get a feel for what it's going to cost the next month, it, it's not really valuable for you. Mixed in with with that human element, so we're never going to be able to compete on feature sets with Google or AWS. And frankly, we, we don't want to. I talked to many different customers and partners uh, daily uh, and weekly. And often, depending on how large they are or what kind of projects they're working on, I often recommend that they use Google, AWS, or one of the other hosting providers that are out there. Um, and, I, and I'm glad to encourage folks to use it, especially if their their features and the things that they needed to, to, uh, to build are not are not sort of in DigitalOcean's wheelhouse. Uh, but for us, we have a certain type of customer, uh, especially again, small businesses, startups, uh, agencies, who um, are looking for something simple, are looking for managed Kubernetes, for example. And we think we we serve them uh, very well. And we think we can do that by adding that element of humanity and being able to talk to folks and taking their feedback that they might not uh, receive at other companies. So at the top of the show, I said that you were a value-driven organization. You have now 600 employees worldwide. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what you believe in as an organization. If you go to your website and you look at your mission and you look, there are six values on that site. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you know the six values off by heart? Or uh, should I ask you about just one of them? (laughs) Uh, so that has been pretty drilled into us. Um, I don't know if I know them all verbatim, but I could give you, I could give you a quick guess. I know we have, um, we, we do, uh, elegant solutions. So we, we strive for simplicity. Uh, there is a, a value around, um, like listening and, and being able to listen to others. That's really important for us at, at meetups. You should, uh, not that that you will or anyone at the podcast will, but if you listen to one of our company meetings, uh, there's sort of an hour baked in at the end just for questions and ask me anything. Uh, we're a very empowered and vocal organization. Uh, so that's, that's a value. Wait a second. Your meetings, your internal meetings are public. No, sorry, that's, uh, I, I misspoke there. But uh, if you were to ever uh, oh, be a fly on the wall for one of our okay, company it, meetings, yeah, no, those are uh, those are private, and our, our our finance team would like to keep it that way as well. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. You were going through the the values, and I, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot anymore. Uh, just go to digitalocean.com/about if you're a listener. They're all listed there. The one that I would love to talk about is um, the the last one of the six. Love love is what makes us great. What, what does that mean to you? So I think that's it's it, it touches on a little bit about what we're talking about. Love is I think probably. Uh, in the nature of talking about companies and corporations, I think it can sometimes be a little bit disingenuous. Um, but for us, it's figuring out the, the how we take this concept of loving your customer or trying to empower your customer and translate that into products and programs that we that we create. So if it's a new product, we try to figure out, okay, well, what you know, what makes the most sense for us, but also like what makes the most sense for our customers and developers from around the world. If we're launching a new program like the Solutions Partner Program, it's not just about the bottom line. It's not just about what's going to make DigitalOcean successful. It's really trying to figure out, okay, what do we need to do to make the folks that are going to be part of this program successful? And what's going to make their lives better? 
And then for the company specifically, it's also a, a lot about making decisions that really aren't about the company at all. Uh, so, for example, we write thousands of tutorials that are product agnostic. You don't need to be using DigitalOcean to use most of our tutorials. In fact, we have um, hundreds and thousands of readers who would never use DigitalOcean but use our tutorials. And there's value in that for us, absolutely. But the guiding principle for why we do that is a general love for developers and trying to empower developers around the world. Uh, we have other examples of that too. I think our commitment to open source and sponsoring different projects and Hacktoberfest, which is our month-long virtual uh, hackathon to work on open source projects is, is another example of that. But it's just trying to figure out ways that we can empower developers and show them that we care about them, whether that impacts DigitalOcean or not. I think that's a good uh, general philosophy to have as a company is to put good into the community, into the world, and and um, not expect something for a one-to-one -one return. And um, I know I've used tutorials on DigitalOcean.com myself to set up things like, you know, my own VPN server, for example. I ended up hosting that on on DigitalOcean, of course. But I mean, there's there's you know there's no reason why, like you said, it couldn't be done on some other. A virtual host or even on your own thing at home. So I, I think that's generally a really good approach. I think you guys host Telegram Messenger, if I'm not mistaken. And I know that's been blocked in some countries across the world. What's your stance towards privacy? And how do you look at the companies that use DigitalOcean and whether or not they match the values that you have and really complicated question, right? That's probably getting <laughs> sorry that wasn't in the notes. Yeah, I know it's it's a it is a it, it honestly it is something we've talked about as as a company. I think for any technology company these days, um, it's something. They need to think about. Um, we have a terms of service. Obviously, anyone can find that if you search DigitalOcean terms of service. And what we do is our best to adhere to what is said in the terms of service. Um, there are obviously always going to be gray areas, especially in the times we live in. But ultimately, it is doing our best to create a process that's outlined in the terms of service that everyone has access to, and uh, doing our best to fairly judge that. Um, but it's certainly a really complicated question, um, and that is why we have a fairly extensive team that's focused on security and privacy and making sure that uh, we both pay attention to who is using our product, but we do that in a respectful way of customers without invading their privacy. But let me tell you, it is a tricky thing to deal with, and it is even trickier if you're in the hosting and um, cloud infrastructure business. I think, um, I don't know if it was a couple months ago, but there was an article released with um, hate sites and a couple other really, really negative sites. Uh, and it went through sort of who was hosting those. And I believe it was, I'm not sure if it was on TechCrunch, but it was another popular blog. And I sympathize with those companies because it's, uh, it is a never-ending battle to try to ensure that you are adhering to your terms of service and um, you know, making sure that you're both respecting the privacy of your customers with also sort of keeping negative players off your platform. Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act for sure. 
Yeah. Um, so earlier you mentioned that uh, you were working remotely in Buffalo, um, and I noticed that there are numerous offices that DigitalOcean um, has across the globe. At a comp- as a company, we're completely distributed, a remote-first company at 10.7. Uh, you guys are remote-friendly. Can you tell me about how the 600 employees at DigitalOcean spend their time being remote-friendly? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot. I think with companies that are are remote or encourage remote work, it's not just about letting those folks work remotely. It's also about empowering them to be able to work effectively remotely. So uh, baked into the DNA of the company is uh, is both of those things. So we're completely distributed. About half of our employees are working remotely and half of our employees work in one of our offices, uh, whether that's in Bangalore, India, Cambridge, Massachusetts, or New York City. And uh, the day-to-day for a remote employee is really not that different from when I worked in an office. Uh, we use Slack um, heavily, probably too heavily, uh, but we use Slack and Google Hangouts, uh, so nothing too complicated there. Uh, but because the because it's baked into the DNA, because people are ultimately respectful for the fact that many of their employees are going to be working remotely, uh, conversations are not had uh exclusively in the office. Most of our public decision-making is made in Slack or in Hangouts uh, or over email. Um, so uh, it, it's it's um, it's really about making those decisions in places where everyone will, will have eyes on it. Um, so uh, other than that, though, it, you know, we are heavily Google, heavily Google users. We use Google Docs and Google Sheets. So at any time, you'll see me have a Google Doc open with about a billion different suggestions from folks from <laughs> around the company. So we're not doing anything that's that's wildly different than other remote companies. It's really about respecting each other and making sure that um, folks are respecting the fact that that people are coming in from, from different areas. Um, we do try to do things uh, as a company every once in a while. So we have uh, a week every year where we all get together. Um, we have a day coming up called Shark Day, which happens on Valentine's Day, where as a whole company, uh, we try to get to different offices or at the very least all join in on the Hangouts together. And uh, so we try to do little things like that to make sure as a company, we're all getting together every once in a while. Uh, but in general, the company just baked into their DNA. It, it's, uh, it's, it's built to support folks uh, coming in from all different uh, parts of the globe. You mentioned Shark Day, and I saw reference to Shark Week online. What What is Shark Week? Because I think of Shark Week as something else, I think, than you do. It's actually a little confusing. They, uh, I'll get into the answer in a second, but one of the things we do on Shark Week, DigitalOcean Shark Week, is they give out uh, DigitalOcean-specific T-shirts and sweatshirts that say Shark Week on it. And I'll be walking around and someone will be like, oh, I love that shirt. I love Shark Week. And I'm like, oh, do you work at DigitalOcean? And then I have to realize that they're actually just talking about the Shark Week on Discovery Channel, uh, the yeah, much more yeah. famous and well-known Shark Week. Uh, it leads to some awkward conversations uh, at the grocery yeah. store. Uh, DigitalOcean's version of Shark Week is just a week where the company gets together to talk about our values, to talk about our missions, and really plan out what we're going to do in the next year. So uh, this year, in October, uh, we all got together uh, for a week. It's great. You get to see folks that you've only seen on Hangouts or in Slack. There's always like this tricky game of 
is the, how how up to date is their Slack profile, and will you be able mm. to recognize someone based off their Slack profile, which is always a, a fun little game. Uh, but it's great you see teams that you weren't able to see before, and it's just a week of. Uh, both large presentations with our, our leadership group and also chances to catch up as smaller teams um, like our marketing team or just our solutions partner program team and really plan out, you know, what did the last year tell us and what's next year going to tell us. So for a remote company, it's just that one time a year when you're able to catch up and and be in person with each other. Where, where was Shark Week in 2019? We're very blessed. This year was in Disney World. Uh, so, oh my God. yeah, it was great. We were able, they... Uh, they rented out one of the nights in the Animal Kingdom, and we got to do the Avatar ride, which uh, was fantastic and a lot of fun. And uh, for someone that is based in Buffalo, the, the weather was just starting to turn. So it was a nice little uh, change of pace for me. Now, the year before that was in Atlantic City, which was also interesting uh, and a slightly different vibe. So every year it's somewhere different. Uh, we're trying to to make it both family friendly and also like efficient for folks to get to. So. Um, so we were very lucky this year, though. Disney World was, was obviously a, a very fun time. Do families attend as well, or is it employees only? Families will attend the sort of weekend after. So folks were given the option of extending their stay and inviting their families afterwards. But the actual yeah. week is fairly heavy in terms of you know being with your teammates. And is it the whole company that goes? Yeah, most of the company. Obviously, there are some folks who can't make it, uh, whether you're on paternity or maternity leave, or, or sometimes travel is just in, impossible for folks. But we even brought in our, our India team, who, like I said, is, is somewhat remote, but also we have a Bangalore office, and they were in. So we do our best to bring everyone who wants to come and can make it. So that week, there must be a whole lot of contingencies for what happens with the data centers, with all the DevOps engineers are at the location in one place, all doing the same thing at the same time. We, uh, we do have some, some fairly complex redundancy planning, including folks that you know, are obviously 24-7, so we have rooms set up. Uh, so that um, we constantly have folks both working in support and uh, and monitoring the data centers. Because we also have 24-7 support, and that's important to right. us. And we're flying folks that sort of give us coverage around the globe to one time zone. So it is a little tricky. And it actually, you know, I think sometimes um, we don't realize this, but at companies, especially when they're 24-7, I think everything just needs to be 24-7 at this point, uh, especially in our business. But um, mm -hmm. I think for, for other businesses as well, um, sort of appreciating the folks that sacrifice to, to make that possible. And certainly our support and the infrastructure folks at the company um, sacrifice a lot to make sure that everything keeps running. What's the origin story of DigitalOcean? When, when was it founded? Who, who, whose brainchild was this? So our co-founders are two brothers, uh, Ben and Moise Uretsky, uh, who founded the company. Um, the DigitalOcean, as we know, it was founded in 2012. Uh, they had founded uh, ServerStack, a managed hosting business back actually in the early 2000s. Um, and uh, DigitalOcean was part of the Techstars ecosystem. So we have a really close relationship with Techstars uh, Hatch, which is our, our startup program, um, which, which works with Techstars and works with other venture capitalists and incubators across the globe to try to empower startups. That is a really core tenant, just like the Solutions Partner Program. It's a program we're super passionate about just because we've lived um, that exact life. So in 2012, the the brothers Ben and uh, Moisey 
uh, were accepted into the the TechStars Accelerator program. They moved to Colorado uh, for a year and then relocated to um, to DigitalOcean. At that time, everything that uh, the company did was about uh, our droplet or our virtual machines. So it was all just sort of about infrastructure as a service and um, renting out uh, affordable virtual machines for for folks. Um, so that that's how we started back back in um, 2012, and uh, Ben and Moisey uh, were the founders and, and grew the company from there. So you've been around for about eight years, coming up on eight years. Um, is it like the fact that you went through TechStars? Does that mean that you were um, VC backed back then? Are you still VC backed now? If that's true, how how does that work? Yeah, we, we were VC backed. Um, we're, we're still a private company. Um, we haven't raised in a while, nor nor, nor I think we need to raise um, anything um, any anything in the immediate future. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that what what that has done, I think, is um, obviously we're we're focused on on growth. I think any VC backed company will will be will be focused on that. So that is something that drives us is is sort of how can we we grow our 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 business while also keeping our, our customers as happy as possible. And I think we've been very deliberate in launching new products to help us grow, like the managed Kubernetes service you, you've brought up a couple of times, uh, but also careful not to sort of try to overexpand and do too much. Uh, because like I said, it's it's a balance of uh, serving our customers, uh, but making sure we serve our core customers, our target audience, and not try to be too much to everyone. Because at that point, we're just going to be competing with the AWSs, the Googles, the Azures out there, and, and that's not that's not where we want to where we want to be. I think going through venture capitalists and and going through the TechStars ecosystem has also just really made us want to work with startups. So uh, we mm. we tend to say we focus on SMBs and startups. Uh, the idea of working with startups and and trying to figure out how we can make their lives easier and make it easier for them to launch and build their, their products uh, and their startups is very core to the heart of what DigitalOcean is trying to do. So I would say that's the other aspect of this is that our startup program has always been something very important to us just because that's um, that's how we got our start as well. You talked about how droplets were the core offering when uh, those brothers first started in 2012. Um, and we use a number of your services. And I was looking at your products page in preparation for the for the podcast, and I, I didn't realize the vast amount of things that you provide as a service. But I still feel like you're providing the support and the detailed attention in all those services. So we use droplets, we use spaces, we use the managed Kubernetes service. Can you talk a little bit about what you think the core offering and the core business or the core business offering is for DigitalOcean right now? So I think I think it's still I think for for us, our core offering is still our our virtual machines and our droplets. So right now we have four different types of droplets. We have our standard droplets, we have our CPU optimized droplets, we have our general purpose uh, droplets, and we have our memory optimized droplets. And the whole idea there is no matter what sort of infrastructure you need supporting whatever type of project you need, we hopefully have the right droplet type uh, with the right power at the right price to power whatever you're trying to build, whether that's, you know, whether that's big data or whether that's your 
your blog that's getting a couple hundred visits uh, per month. So that 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 is our core offering. What we're trying to do, and uh, we've made, as you just mentioned, we've made a lot of steps within the last two years to do this, but we're trying to be a more comprehensive solution to developer teams at startups and small businesses by creating, in addition to our core droplet and virtual machine product, by creating several uh, PAS offerings um, that are hopefully filling the gaps for development teams that need a little bit more than just core infrastructure. And that's where our managed databases, uh, managed Kubernetes uh, really comes in. Uh, and obviously, uh, we we launched both of those over the last uh, few years, and we're continuing to beef those products up, listen to our customers, listen to <laughs> power users like yourselves who give us a bunch of really valuable feedback and incorporate that, that into those offerings, while also sort of looking, again, to figuring out, okay, let's look at these small development teams working at small to medium-sized businesses or startups. Let's figure out from a day-to-day what they're struggling with in terms of development and try to figure out if there are things that we can build to, to help solve for them. So that's where we're at right now. Our virtual machines are are still our core business. They're still, I think, what we're known for. And we're trying to, on top of that, build in these PAS offerings uh, to hopefully bring us to new and expanding development teams uh, and make their lives a little bit easier if we can. And by PAS, you mean platform as a service, right? Correct, correct, correct. And then again, our managed Kubernetes and managed databases fall under that. And we have a couple more plans in 2020 and, and beyond to, to continue to solve for that uh, that space. And before we wrap up, I would like to talk about what's in the pipeline for 2020. What like You just alluded to something. Can you tell us what we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, well, they don't usually keep me in the know because I'm in marketing and I tend to blab and uh, I get so excited <laughs> about telling our customers about what's coming that they're very careful. But I would say there are there are a couple things. One is um, in last year, uh, we acquired a company called Nanobox. And um, we uh, at that point, we sort of brought their development team into DigitalOcean. And behind the scenes, we've been working on incorporating Nanobox's core offerings and baking that into DigitalOcean. And Nanobox is, uh, uh, is software that's really all about uh, empowering uh, developers to uh, deploy applications easier uh, with less code uh, and more reliability. So there's going to be some uh, interesting things that we build into DigitalOcean uh, based off of Nanobox technology and based off of the developers that worked at Nanobox uh, that are going to uh, make it hopefully easier for folks to take their uh, to take their code and and deploy it in, into production. So that's one thing I would I would keep an eye on. Um, we don't have an, an ETA on that yet, but if you've followed that or want more information, you can still visit the Nanobox site, and uh, that is something that that's currently planned for 2020. Um, I think I think this is a boring answer, but we released so many different things between the years 2018 and 2020 that. We want to make sure this year that we make those different products as successful as they could possibly be and make sure that we listen to feedback from customers and improve those. So we're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how we uh, get those products uh, as high functioning as possible um, and make sure they're as reliable as possible and serving the needs of our, of our customers. Um, and the last thing I would say is just um, one of our, we talked about missions and values, and one of our core missions is 
em, uh, empowering developers across the world. Um, so not just in North America, not just in Europe, not just in Asia, but but all across the world. So I think another thing that we'll be looking into this year is just um, seeing if it makes sense for us to expand data centers and, and maybe expand our reach a little bit into into regions that are potentially underserved. And that that's another area that we're that we're looking at as well. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today talking about DigitalOcean, your products, your values, what your responsibility is there. Um, I'm looking forward to 2020 with you. Uh, there are big things to come from 10.7 with DigitalOcean. Um, and I really appreciated you being with me. It's been a great pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Tim Dearlove is Senior Growth Marketing Manager at DigitalOcean, and you can find them online at digitalocean.com. You've been listening to the 107 Podcast. Find us online at 107.com slash podcast. And if you have a second, do send us a message. We love hearing from you. Our email address is podcast at 107.com. Until next time, this is Ivan Stegich. Thank you for listening.